How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. I have my new season co-star with me, Dr. Mitchell Yaz. How's it going, Dr. Mitchell? It is awesome to be with you, Brad. Looking to spread the gospel about being pain-free and having the life you so justly deserve. Awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait. So uh, like every season on our show, we always ask the, the, the season co-star to kind of start with episode one, more of an overview of, you know, your career, your accomplishments, uh, anything you want to talk about um, for the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, however far you want to go back to kind of give our audience a, a grasp of who you are. So I'll let you take it away. So to understand where I am today, actually, it's you got to go a lot farther back than 15 <laughs> years. You actually have to go back no to problem. my childhood. And um, so basically, the, the most important thing to understand about where I was, was I was the true 99-pound weakling, the guy who had sand kicked in his face. Real <laughs> bad self-esteem issues. Okay. Um, used to be panic-stricken walking to school, uh, afraid of being beaten up and all the usual types of things. And it really set a mindset in myself. And the reality was I just didn't really like myself very much. And so I, through a lot of introspective thinking, I came to the realization it was this level of thinness that I perceived in myself that was at the core of why I was so unhappy. So I decided I was going to lift weights. And from 19 to 26, I tried, but my metabolism was very, very fast and it just didn't take. And during that period of time, I did like everybody else. I got the Joe Weida books, the Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. books, all the things everybody else did. And it just didn't take. Well, finally, at 26, this and this is where it gets a little bizarro, I actually decided to take a high school physics course and started applying the laws of physics to weightlifting, understanding force vectors, lever arms, fulcrums, kinetic energy, potential energy. It started telling me where the proper position was to put my hands on a bar. Uh, are there different angles when doing bench pressing? What's the proper position of the knee when squatting? And it was all based on physics. This is really extreme accurate stuff. And over the next 40 years, I put 40 pounds of muscle on. I go from 160 pounds to 200 pounds, really focusing, no steroids, none of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about just really understanding the finite elements of weightlifting. Yeah. At that time, I was a project manager in construction. That was my first career. I have a bachelor's degree in building construction. And it just didn't work out. Uh, I did it for five years, and I wasn't being satisfied. I was kind of just doing it for the money. And anyone who knows, anyone who's had a job that they're doing for the money, it doesn't yeah, last very long. And, <laughs> yeah. and you start getting real upset and, and, and unhappy. So I find out about this thing called physical therapy. And um, I just needed a few... Uh, additional courses and I take those courses and then I get into school and this now I'm 30 years old mm -hmm. and I'm taking the courses and listening but I'm not your typical 18 year old student I'm 30 years old my father taught me analytical thinking when I was a boy I was taught how to look at everything from a logical perspective you can't accept anything unless it's logically based so I'm not your average student listening to this. And what I'm finding is that a lot of what they're saying doesn't sound very logical. They're, they're telling you to do stuff because that's what the education for the last 40 years. That's all they have, yeah. <laughs> and, and so you just keep doing it. Well, you get through the part where you're a student. Finally, your last part of your education before you're actually legally able to treat is you do your affiliations. And suddenly 
someone's in front of you. Now it's not bullshit about I'm in a class and I'm passing class. Now someone's literally standing there and they're saying, I'm in pain. I can't function. What are you going to do? Yeah. And, and so the craziest thing happened to me, which seems to be different from everybody else. What happened was that typically the person is diagnosed through someone referring, usually an orthopedist or a neurologist, and they usually get an MRI, which found a herniated disc or arthritis or stenosis, some structural variation, and they're referred for physical therapy. So the physical therapist is going to treat them based on the referring physician's diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So typically, if someone was told they had a meniscal tear, they treat them for the meniscal tear, whatever that means. I don't even know, because it's a structural variation. So other than surgery, I'm really not sure how you're going to make it not be structurally deviated, but you did whatever you were told. Well, I I really don't even know what compelled me, but I, the person standing there, to me, the first question was, where's your pain? Can you point to where your pain is? (laughs) And the person would point to where their pain is. And the most mind blowing thing happened where they were experiencing their pain wasn't where it should be. If the structural variation identified what to elicit pain. Yeah. It's not in the same spot. It's not where it's supposed to be. So you should ask more questions now. (laughs) You would think that would be the right concept. (laughs) And so, but remember the average person, they're just, you know, they're just following what they're told. So what the doctor said, right. Nobody asked them. They're not asking the patient the question, where is your pain? What brings it on? I guess because I was 30, I was intuitive. I, I had a logical basis. I wanted to understand more. And so I think that's what led me versus anybody else to this path that I was taking. So I'm now at the point of saying, okay, well, if it's not the meniscus, what is it? And as I'm going through this process of literally on my own, trying to understand what's happening, I'm recognizing in more than 98% of cases, they're describing muscle as the cause of their pain. Whether I pressed, I I say that place you just pressed, I'm going to press on it now. And I would press on it. They go through the roof. I was yeah. pressing on a muscle, right? Or I would muscle test them and the muscle would be weaker. Or I would see there's an altered movement pattern and that was indicating it was muscle. So I said, okay, well, if it's muscle, I know how to massage and I know how to do exercise. Remember, I taught myself over those four years, high levels of physics understanding. Mm-hmm. So I just started treating intuitively based on what I had figured <laughs> out myself. And people are getting better in a treatment or two. Now, I'm in an office where the people are being referred by a doctor. And I'm in a position, do I say to the person, based on my evaluation, I don't think that referring diagnosis is correct. I think you have a muscular problem. What do you think that's going to do to that relationship? It ain't going to be good. Nope. And I'm literally just graduating. I'm either, I'm either as a student by last affiliation or I graduated and this is starting then. So I think I, back it, then you don't tell doctors they're wrong. <laughs> of course, absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely. I would be fired. Medical I would have been doctors. fired instantly. And yeah. just imagine, I just graduated. So who's the schmucky guy <laughs> who just graduated telling all these people that what they're saying is wrong? So I came to the realization, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just really be quiet about the diagnosis. I'm going to ignore. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm just going to treat the person. I'm going to say, okay, I checked you out. And I think this is what we should do. 
and I just leave it at that. I, I think this is going to make your pain go away. Why don't we try it and see how it goes? And then and tell I do the, the doctor, he's fixed or she's fixed. Good. And that was That's it. it. <laughs> they're going to go back to the doctor and say, hey, it worked. Thanks. That's great. So everyone's so kind of referral source still going. <laughs> and, and that was my attitude. Just let everything be. In the meantime, I, I'm figuring out what I need to to be able to treat people. So I do this for a year and a half. Finally, at a year and a half, I open my own practice. Now, it's not quite the same concept. So I open this practice. And this is shocking. My first month, I make zero. My second month, I make $1,100. My fourth month, I make $14,000. The word is getting out about some magical guy who can diagnose and determine if you need surgery. And it's turning out in a high percentage, you don't need surgery. Yeah. Wow. All, all of a sudden, it ain't about doctor's prescriptions or referrals anymore. People are referring family, friends, coworkers. People are driving hours. People are coming in from other states. They're relatives coming in from other states to go to this guy who's telling everybody they don't need they don't need surgery. And he's actually getting the person pain free and fully functional. And so ultimately, the paradigm shifted and it was people would call up. I want to come and I'd say, just call your primary care physician and just get a prescription for pain or neck or pick a word, anything. I'll take care of you based on that. And, and I think that was, yeah. And I think that was, that was the problem that it had to go through the medical doctor to refer to you. And now, nowadays you can refer yourself, but right. you had to play by the system and at and the did time, very this, well. <laughs> this was 19, this was 1993, but I had my place in 1997. Hmm. So by basically following the rules of just getting a prescription, we didn't care what the prescription said. Yeah, and especially yeah. primary care, it didn't matter. We would just say, I have neck pain. I want to go to physical therapy. And the doctor would just write neck pain or things like that. It gave us the ability to stay within the system, but still get to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, and look what we found. We found uh, something wrong with the left knee. Okay, we'll take care of that too. <laughs> and, that, and that was, so the beauty was now the game was amongst people. And I was able to develop the reputation and the patient load which was exploding. I basically was 99.9999999% word of mouth at that point. Wow. And it just exploded. It just exploded. About that time, I write my first book and the book is called Overpower Pain. So we decide we want to get local media. And so I have a friend who came, again, the usual nonsense. It's, and it was, again, word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. I had a guy and then I treated his brother who was told he had a hamstring tear and it wasn't it was a hamstring strain i picked him this happens to be his racquetball partner and he was told he needs surgery for sciatica and i fixed that six weeks later he's back well this guy had a big marketing background too he says what you need is you got to try to get some local media so we call this is on long island new york we call cable visions local affiliate and they send this lady down and she's doing two minute segments on people around long island who treat things naturally without medicine or surgery so um it turns out that we happened to have had a lady who was 340 pounds she had knee pain she was told she needed knee replacements i fixed that over six weeks then over the next 20 months she lost another 160 pounds so i took a lady from 340 pounds to 160 pounds that was the catch we got to get the lady it was great personal story nice so the lady's in and she's like you know i've had pain for like 15 years in my butt. And I've tried chiropractic, physical, all of a sudden I'm like, don't worry, Mary, 
you call two, three treatments, I take it. I know what it is already. I treat it. Just about that time, she goes from these two-minute little segments to doing half-hour interviews. Oh, nice. On weekends. And they're run for that entire month. Or even thereafter sometimes. So I do a half-hour interview show, May 31st, 2008. One May 30th, 2009. One March 13th, 2010. Year and a half period, three half hour interviews. And these interviews are bringing on patients. It's not just me talking. She's asking the patients, oh, so you went to Dr. Yas? At the time I was in the doctor. They went, they went to Mitch and um, what did he, oh, they did this miraculous thing and they came and got me out of pain and I tried all this stuff. And so that's on Cablevision News, which runs New York. And I think it even made it into like New Jersey and connect. And within a year and a half period, I get 25,000 calls to my office oh my goodness and this this is not still this is not the pbs special you're talking about or no that's we were talking about that earlier so this is just local (laughs) media people are now going coming from connecticut which means they have to come from connecticut take the long island ferry to stony brook drive 45 minutes to farmingdale get treated go back to stony brook take the long island ferry back to connecticut and they're doing it three times a week I have people coming from upstate five to six hours driving just for the diagnosis and treatment, the one day, just to confirm they don't need that, they need surgery. This got out. I was doing usually two to three evals a week, even with me bringing it up to five to six. You know how hard it is to evaluate five to six people a day? It is exhausting, mentally exhausting. And they want to talk to you. They want to to unload on you. Oh, yeah. Five to six a day, I still ended up with a six-month waiting list. Six months. It was insanity. I had 20 people working for me. I couldn't grow my staff fast enough. It just got out of control. So that was kind of where things started growing, and the sense about this Yas Method thing was taking off. One of the people who happened to see it had a daughter who had pain between her shoulder blades and had cervical fusion f- to try to resolve it. Obviously, it did nothing because there's no such thing as anything relating to the cervical spine, relating to the space between your shoulder blades. That's thoracic. This is cervical. There was never going to be any connection. But she got the surgery because she did the process with the yeah. other one. So the, the man tells the daughter to come and see me. I treat her inside of two weeks. She's pain-free. She just had a strain of muscles between her shoulder blades. Well, it turns out that she was the partner of a man named Ed Slot, who did PBS specials on IRAs and how you take care of your IRA, your retirement. She contacts the PBS producer and says, you got to do a special about this guy. This guy's freakish. Um, Not just that he was (laughs) out my pain. I'm in there and everyone's telling me that they're better in a week or two weeks. It took me six months to see this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So just to understand what happens, and um, boy, I don't know if I could say this, but I guess I'll try and then you'll decide. Yeah, if I and I'll set it up. So, so, so. So, Dr. Mitchell, um, how can uh, some of my listeners get a hold of you? Do you have a website, email? What's, what's the best way? So there's two primary ways to get in touch with me. You could go to the website, which is kind of easy to remember. Livewithoutpains.com. Livewithoutpains, it's plural.com. And also uh, by email, I'll always answer emails, is Mitch at mitchellyas.com. It's D-R 
M-I-T-C-H at M-I-T-C-H-L-L-Y-A-S-S.com. Those are the two primary ways you can get in touch with me. Okay. And I think it'd be beneficial for everyone listening out there. If it resonates with you, you know, at least get a, a screening consultation. It'll do you wonders. Um, like always, I'll put all those links, uh, Dr. Mitchell just said, in the descriptions for the podcast. You can just click on it, get right to them. Uh, Dr. Mitchell, I just want to thank you so much for being on my show. I mean, we could talk for hours, which <laughs> I'm hoping to get you back on. So I appreciate it. It's great. And, and, and it was really good uh, talking to you. And um, I think we got into some real good information that will help people, I, I pray, recognize they kind of have to take some responsibility in terms of figuring out how to move forward in terms of addressing their pain and recognize that the existing model isn't working for a reason. And um, they have to be strong and decide to step outside of it. Yep. So. It's as simple as continue educating yourself, people. Don't, Absolutely. don't ever stop. Don't ever stop yeah. moving. Don't ever stop educating yourself. Absolutely.